Hello, this week's episode is sponsored by Reform Wellness, a functional medicine and holistic wellness practice rooted in Christ. If you've all listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know I'm a big fan of Reform because Reform redefines health as the state of your body and your soul. Their mission is to empower others to find well-being in Christ, thrive in whole person health, and become the best versions of themselves, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Reform is for everyone because wholeness and holiness is for everyone. Reform serves individuals, communities, families, businesses, schools, corporate teams from around the world. At Reform, they believe Christ is written within every person the desire to be formed in Him. And that everyone is made for freedom that comes by honoring a daily rhythm, simplicity, consistency, and intentionality in Christ. These become the tools at the service of our vocations. Wherever you are in your health journey, reform follows your symptoms as cues to address root causes of disease and creates a personalized formation to help you live a life of abundance. We highly recommend Reform Online, a 12-week course designed to help you shift from self-reliance to God-reliance. By journeying through Reform's nine wellness pillars, you release the habits holding you back, receive support and accountability and community, and reclaim your well-being in and with and through Christ. If you want to rid yourself of physical and spiritual toxins, optimize your nutrition and sleep, learn how to manage stress by living in right order, and align your identity and health with God, we invite you to experience Reform Wellness. You can find more information about Reform at reformwellness.co or on Instagram at reformwellness. Listeners, our podcast listeners, can use the discount code ABIDE10 to register for Reform Online that starts in January and journeys through Lent to Easter, renewing your commitment to a Christ-centered life. Reform Wellness, we appreciate you sponsoring this podcast episode. Hi, and welcome to season 10 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to have you with us this season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. We talk about our life with Christ. We talk about big things, small things, beautiful things, sorrowful things. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. <laughs> you are most welcome here, so please, Grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, which you can also watch on our YouTube channel. And we are diving into week three of Advent, which week is three. We the, three the week candles. of, yes, we did. We have our Advent wreath here, and we have our pink week candle three. lit, which is Gaudete oh, week three, Sunday. We wear pink. Is, <laughs> yes, rose. We could call it rose. Rose, right? mm-hmm. sorry. It's mm-hmm. a Sunday of joy. Sunday of joy. And so we've been alternating between two scripture verses, which is Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, and then the prologue of the Gospel of John. So we'll go back to Isaiah 61, since we kind of delved into it and we will open that again in light of joy and the childlike faith of St. Therese. So here we go. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Mm. Amen. Amen. As we read that, I've never thought of that in light of St. Therese before, but that is her. Yes, I was mm. just thinking the same thing. That is so her. And this little shoot that was mm. like this little cedar that came up into, like, you know, this tiny mm. little like sapling that came up into an oak of righteousness. And just it was her littleness and her childlike faith that was such a blessing to others that was such a healing balm to others, that freed others from their captivity, everybody from priests she would correspond with to criminals that she prayed for to just the, her, her beautiful heart. And so unknown in this life, it wasn't until after she died that people even really knew. Even sisters in her convent were surprised. Mm. And they're like, who is this? And yeah, little Therese. Yes, Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And she became an oak of righteousness <clears throat> in her littleness and in her childlike faith. And I that we love we love mm. little children for a variety of reasons and that's why Jesus says you have to become like children but I just was reading that I'm like oh, that's so Therese that is mm. that, that she is the, the preacher of the good news the oil of anointing upon her the oil of gladness and the beauty from the ashes and all of the things she suffered mm-hmm. and all of that of how she allowed her to transform her into this beautiful wondrous radiant child of God Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about Therese, like her simple, like we've talked about this before, but where people think that she is, you know, sappy and sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is kind, but like that she is fierce mm-hmm. and she may be little, but she is fierce. Mm-hmm. And there's a strength to her love and there's there's this strength to her hope and her confidence and her joy. But I think more than anything, there's a strength to her trust. Mm-hmm. She trusted the Lord would do what he said he was going to do. And she trusted her own desires in the Lord. Like she desired to be a saint Mm -hmm. and she trusted the Lord that he would make her one. Mm -hmm. Like she had so much trust in him that he would make her Mm -hmm. a great saint. And I think she's the perfect saint to go along with joy Mm -hmm. this week. And we'll talk about in a minute, but like her Christmas miracle that she had. Like Christmas was like a time where she had a mass conversion and transformation in her own heart. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we watch the movies like Miracle on 34th Street and Mm -hmm. something like that. And there's something about the magical time of Christmas. Mm -hmm. But, and yes, that can be all Hollywood and Disney Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to say. But there is something magical about Christmas. Because Christmas is a season of miracles. Mm -hmm. And Christmas is a season of incarnational miracles. Mm -hmm. So what kind of miracle are we looking for this Christmas season? Mm -hmm. What are we looking for for Jesus to transform us into Mm -hmm. something new? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not a miracle as in like, a fairy tale idea. Exactly. But God performs real mir- miracles. Yes. Like, I think I've even heard some priests say from the pulpit, like, you know, those are the things that happened 2,000 years ago. And I just want to go, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. Like, God is the same yesterday, today, forever. And he is a miracle working God and wants to work miracles in us now. Mm-hmm. I think this is a beautiful time to bring to the Lord once again. It's like mm-hmm. something that is a deep prayer of our heart, a deep ache of our heart mm-hmm. to ask him to come and and do something wonderful. And it doesn't mean he's going to do it instantaneously. I yes. mean, that's that's not relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, that's demanding or, mm-hmm. or whatever. We're putting God in a position of like, do what I do what I said right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to ask, you know, with that trust of like, if God wills it, if this would be a part of his glorious plan because he's a good God and desires good things for us, mm-hmm. even greater than what we want for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, that he would work miracles, if not then to change our hearts, right? Mm -hmm. To heal our hearts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's important to remember. Like 
Christmas is filled with a magical time and a magical sense, you know, but but there are real things in there yeah. that mm-hmm. it's not like magic, like, you know, that you hear in a fairy tale, but, yeah. but it is like the stuff of God, the God who breathes out the stars, the God who is filled with wonder and who fills mm-hmm. us with wonder, you yeah. know, who's created this world full of wonder that we, he wants to engage with us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The version is with child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk yeah. about a miracle. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it doesn't come out of nowhere. The idea of like, oh, the, yeah, the magical season of like, oh, that's, it's truly miraculous. Mm-hmm. It is truly miraculous. And that Jesus comes like true God and true man. You know, for the first thousand years of the church, the heresies were about Christ. You know, is he true God and true man? Is he half God, half man? Is he really God, but not a man? Is he a man, but not God? And, and that for us now, we've kind of worked through those things theologically. And the crisis, it's no longer like who is God. The crisis now is who is man. Yes. But that reality of people coming to grapple yeah, with in the early right church. Hold on, go back to that. The, we grapple now. Yeah, yeah. The crisis now is not who is God, but who is man. That's I mean, good. it always is who is God, but now the crisis is. And you can see our disintegration in our society today mm-hmm. of all the questions we're asking about That's male so and female, true. about what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a person? What is it? And those are real things. Yes. Those are real things. And so the reality of Christ coming as a man, true God and true man, born of a virgin, born in poverty, born in littleness, born in nakedness, born in vulnerability, entrusted to St. Joseph. And trusted to him and the humility of God. I, I think I'm always struck at Advent, especially by the humility of God. Me too. Mm-hmm. That is so humble. Like that he would become a baby. Yes. And so dependent. Yes. So dependent on us. Oh my us. goodness. Yes. And that's what children are. Literally, mm-hmm. you guys, we've, we've, we've spoken about this, especially you as having biological children, the dependence of children. Mm-hmm. And fragile. Yes. yes. He could have been crushed. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, isn't he stunning? Like, mm-hmm. He didn't have to come that way. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he did not have to come that way. Mm-hmm. He chose to come that way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. to teach us something, mm-hmm. to teach us that it's okay to be little, mm-hmm. like that yeah. it's good to be little mm-hmm. and that powerful things can be little. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Powerful yeah. people can be little. Yes. yes. And that he doesn't desire to dominate us mm-hmm. or to destroy us mm-hmm. or to fracture us, but he comes as one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it does. It just continually shatters our paradigms of who who we think God is. Thank mm-hmm. God. I'm so glad he does that. And I love this particular quote uh, by St. Therese that you have here, Michelle, that you wrote for us in our show notes. And she says, Jesus, help me simplify my life by learning what you want me to be and becoming that person. I love yeah. that. Jesus, help <laughs> me simplify my life by learning what you want me to be and becoming that person. Amen. Which makes life very simple. That's razor sharp focus mm-hmm. right, right there. there. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think that we make things more difficult than they really yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we add a lot of layers that oh, are not gosh. supposed to be there. So true. You know, and I think like even Padre Pio, he, that's a lot of his messages. It's simple. Mm-hmm. You know, like even he's like, you eat at the same time, you sleep at the same time, you pray mm-hmm. at the same time. But Padre Pio would tell his spiritual children that mm-hmm. like, and we make things so vast and difficult. Yeah. And really it's a simple thing that is very rich and expand like we we're talking about the last episode but life is actually i think we make a lot of things harder than they actually really are you know there's <laughs> complexities yes. to life mm-hmm. you know but i don't think it is as um burdensome as we make mm-hmm. it you know i think his load is easy like mm-hmm. the burden is light the load mm-hmm. is easy i think mm-hmm. it's how we carry it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah definitely yeah i, I mean therese is special to each of us yes. in a unique way, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't know her for a while and then was kind of introduced to her by somebody. And I remember this. I, I remember saying, wow, she's fascinating. Like, I'm really captivated by this saint that she was telling me about. And I said, where can I find out more about her? And she just said, oh, she'll find you. 
Oh, was like, that's a good way to put it. Yes. Okay. And so I left there and all of a sudden I saw her everywhere. Like mm-hmm. she was just everywhere. And she's an easy saint to get to know mm-hmm. because she's not difficult. She was so smart. I mean, she's one of the doctors of the church, but it's simple. simple. It's not it's simple. easy. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. The things that she did were incredibly hard. The way that she loved, the way that she opened her heart to Jesus is so hard mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. ways, but simple. It's yes. very, very simple to grasp. It's the little way, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like, as we all, we're talking about maturity a lot. Yeah, Maturity doesn't mean that you can't be little. I think oh, there's a littleness yes. that you embrace oh my gosh, when you become so mature, when you realize, I don't know everything. Gosh, yeah. I am not everything. Mm-hmm. I actually don't want to be everything. <laughs> yes, I'm not yeah. every woman mm-hmm. you know, yes. or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I don't have to try to be every woman, you know, um, but to embrace that littleness, I think, is when humility and when calm and peace come. Mm-hmm. Because you're, there's a letting go mm-hmm. of like all the things that you grasp after. You're just content. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a contentment that comes with littleness. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a contentment that comes with hiddenness. Yeah. That like you are so confident that you are seen by the Lord. And I think that was so evident with Tress. Mm-hmm. Like people in her own convent didn't, even... didn't know like the depth <laughs> of her love, mm-hmm. the depth for her love for the Lord or the love, depth for the Lord for her, like how mm-hmm. she let the Lord expand in her littleness, like a become big and her littleness like she was hidden mm-hmm. but she was hidden in his confident love mm-hmm. you know and there's something beautiful about that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. are we do we trust our hiddenness in him mm-hmm. you know what were you gonna thought sister mm-hmm. i appreciate how she says simplify my life by learning mm. learning and That's good. we talk about how the discipleship and the root discernment the disc that root means to be student yes. to be somebody who learns so as, as disciples, we're always learning from Christ. And that's one of the things I love about the Chosen series. I love just the visual imagery of them learning. Like Christ is literally teaching them things. It's just so great. And I, I love the portrayal of how human they are. I was going to say, I love and, their humanity. And, and yes. I know, you know, they've obviously yeah. taken creative li- liberties in certain ways, but there, mm-hmm. there have been moments I'm like, you know, that's what they would have said. Like, you know, that's exactly what they would have thought, what they would have said. And it's just so wonderful that Christ mm-hmm. in his, his humility is discipling us. He's, you know, allowing us to be students of him. And that student, that, that discipling or that being a student is a lifelong journey. None of us ever... You know, there's such a heresy, like I'm post-Christian. Like, what does that even mean? There's no such thing as post-Christian. I've matured beyond Christ. I'm like, there is no maturity beyond, like, ain't nothing beyond Christ, you know? <laughs> so it's like that continual being a student of of learning, you know, as we grow. And so ha- allowing that, real, that, like, turning our faces to Christ and saying, Jesus, tell me who I am. Yeah. Tell me who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me who you are. Tell me, t- I open my heart so so I know and I, Bob Dr. Bob shoots off to, tells a story of how when he was just early on in his spiritual life was I'm sitting I'm talking to a very well-known spiritual director at the time for this like eight-day silent retreat and and the spiritual director looked at him and said you know Bob he's like you know you're like an old man on a rocker he's like you're, you're moving a lot but you're not getting out with the front porch <laughs> you know like <laughs> and he said he just started laughing that's, that's so sweet that. yeah, it's like so many like we're rocking oh, yeah. we're not going anywhere and and the spiritual director was like you have to let go of this part of your mm. this what you're holding on to and Bob's like that seems too easy and he's like well there you go 
Oh, wow. Hmm. He's like, it just seems to me like it's not. Mm -hmm. You have to surrender that part of your life and then you'll have movement. Mm -hmm. But you're trying to do it yourself and make it really complicated. He's like, you're making it way more complicated than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Don't we all have places in our life like that that we're the old ladies on the front porch Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like Gladys Kravitz, like surveying the neighborhood as to what's happening? Totally. Totally. And it's like, mind mind your business, like mind your own business. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. things like that that we can get so distracted by, which St. Therese is continually calling back to such hope and such faith and such joy of the little things things, yeah. the little things done for the Lord are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love um, how she simplifies even like vocation and calling to say my vocation is love. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes that can be very complex for people to go, mm-hmm. what should I be doing, Lord? I want to do great things for you. Like, what should yeah. it be? And maybe I need to go here. I, I'm discerning, you know, and it's yes. like there's turmoil associated like with discerning. Yeah. And I, not that we shouldn't take time to discern and there is a process oh, yeah, of discernment. Yeah, yeah. The church is very clear about, you know, and there's, there's people to help us along that way. But it doesn't mean that we have to pause mm-hmm. and wait as in be inactive. Like our vocation is to love and mm-hmm. love is active. And Therese was so good at that, at loving in the little ways. Yeah. And I think often we underestimate that. We're mm-hmm. like, well, I want to do great things for God or look at what they're doing. They're doing amazing things for God. And we talked about this before. I'm just maybe at home right now mm-hmm. or I'm just a student or I'm just a kid or just a mom, yeah. just a mom whatever it might be. And, um, and I think in all of those places – we have many, many, many people and many, many, many opportunities to love. Mm-hmm. And that is the greatest of all, is it not? Isn't I mean, that? Jesus to says that. This is the you. greatest. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest of all is to love God with mm-hmm. all our heart so, and then to love our neighbor too. Mm-hmm. And I love what she said um, and that this other quote is, Jesus has chosen to show me the only way which leads to the d- divine furnace of love. It is the way of childlike self-surrender, the way of a child who sleeps, afraid of nothing in its father's arms. Mm-hmm. And I think like, okay, as old as Heather likes to point out, as I'm getting, mm-hmm. like, I'm, uh, yes, that I'm your elder. Yes, yes, but I think one of the things the Lord is cho- showing me is that it's really childlike self-surrender. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the older I get, the littler I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more I grow um, in the Lord, the smaller I get. Mm-hmm. The more I grow in the Lord, really the poorer I get. And yes. I've come to face with my own poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the last couple of months, like really coming to grips with your own humanity in areas mm-hmm. that you really cannot, you really just almost don't stomach like about mm-hmm. yourself, you know? And, and it's not like this disgust or dislike or unhealthy dislike mm-hmm. about yourself. It's just poverty. And you're like, mm-hmm. Lord, this is the places where I need you in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can so relate to Bob, but I'm like mm-hmm. rocking on the chair. How can I fix it? How can I fix <laughs> yeah. it? You know, like here I am and my spiritual director is like, how can you surrender it? And how oh, can you yeah. embrace it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you love yourself there mm-hmm. and stay in the darkness? Mm-hmm. And like, do you invite mm-hmm. him into there? Mm-hmm. Do you treat yourself with compassion? And mm-hmm. um, like, I was really praying about that. Like, do I measure my days now by I used to productive moments mm-hmm. or I'm, excuse me, productive movements. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I'm really measuring my day by present moments. Mm-hmm. Like how present I am to myself, how yeah. present I am to the Lord, how present I am to the people around me. Mm-hmm. That's just been a huge shift. But it's like, like she said before, like simply telling me what you want me to be mm-hmm. and becoming that person. Mm-hmm. And then I added a lot of extra layers that weren't mine to add, yeah. you know? And then I wonder why I'm so tired because mm-hmm. I'm carrying things that are not mine to carry, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like about myself, about other people, yeah. about extra tasks that are not mine. But like, why am I saying yes to saying certain things? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's expectations that really no one else is putting on me. Mm-hmm. I'm putting them on myself. Mm-hmm. So just that self-surrender, mm-hmm. you know, and that transformation and that 
all of us have those moments. And I think, sister, I think it'd be really good. Like the Christmas miracle. When mm-hmm. I read this part of the story mm-hmm. of story of soul, it's like one of my favorites, mm-hmm. but I think it always reminds me of you because you had an experience almost like that, like a deep transformation with Therese mm-hmm. last year in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I just love the story about St. Therese, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, do you want to read it for us? No, will you? Yeah, and so sure. you've got a better story time voice than I do. <laughs> well, once upon yeah. a time with sister. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so where should we start? Let's see. Should we start? Was it, I can read the whole thing if you want. But Yeah, go yeah. ahead. It's just like a little. Yeah, yeah it's not that long. We've got some time. Mm-hmm. Therese Martin was a stubborn and childish little girl. Her mother, Zaley, was terribly worried about her and her future. She wrote in a letter, As for Therese, one cannot tell how she will turn out. <laughs> she is so young and heedless. Her stubbornness is almost unconquerable. When she has said no, nothing will make her change. One could leave her all day in the cellar without getting her to say yes. She would sooner sleep there. <laughs> a parents of that strong-willed parents that should make you relax right there. That's so great. Oh. So then these are St. Therese's her own words. She's like, when I got home from midnight mass, I knew that I should find my shoes standing at the fireplace filled with presents, as I had always done since I was little. So you can see I was still treated as a baby. Father used to love to see how happy I was and hear my cries of delight as I took each surprise packet from my magic shoes, and his pleasure made me happier even still. But the time had come for Jesus to cure me of my childness, my childishness, even in the innocent joys of childhood were to go. He allowed Father to feel cross this year instead of spoiling me. And as I was going upstairs, I heard my father say, Therese ought to, uh, sorry, Therese ought to have outgrown all this sort of thing, and I hope this will be the last time. This cut me to the quick, and Celine, who knew how very sensitive I was, whispered to me, don't come down again just yet. You'll only go and cry if you open up your presence now in front of father. But I was not the same Therese anymore. Jesus had changed me completely. I held back my tears and trying to stop my heart from beating so fast. I ran down into the dining room. I picked up the shoes and unwrapped my presents joyfully, looking all the while as happy as a queen. Father did not look cross anymore now and entered into the fun of it, while Celine thought she must have been dreaming. <laughs> <That's> so great. <laughs> Their sister's like, who's that? <laughs> Who's that girl? <laughs> who's that girl? <laughs> but, but this was no dream. Therese had gotten back forever. Therese had gotten back forever the strength of mind that she had mm-hmm. lost at four and a half, and her mother had died at four mm-hmm. and a half. And we talk about childhood traumas. And so it goes on to say, Therese would later call this her Christmas miracle, and it marked a turning point in her life. It propelled her forward in her relationship with God, and two years later, she joined a local Carmelite order of nuns. She saw the miracle as an action of God's grace flooding her soul, giving her the strength and courage to do what was good, true, and beautiful. It was her Christmas gift from God, and it changed the way she approached life. Therese finally understood what she must do to love God more intimately and left her childish ways of becoming to become a true child of God. She would still remain, she would still retain a little stubbornness, but in a good way, <laughs> united to God's will and trusting her life entirely to God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. And I think we've all had moments, turning points in our life where we can right. testify, we can testify to the, a singular moment of signal grace in our life mm-hmm. where the Lord just pierced through, you know, in, in the 12 steps we say, God do for me what I cannot do for myself. Mm-hmm. And we have just moments of little moments, but we have all of all powerful moments of just the outpouring of God's grace that just completely changed something in our hearts where we noticed a, a marked difference in our heart. Mm-hmm. And we have those before and after things where like before I was here, after you know, and man, mm-hmm. we've all had those and they're so grateful. And I, there are many times I've prayed for that too. I'm like, Lord, this is an area of poverty for me. Mm-hmm. I cannot 
and whenever whenever you want to do a Christmas miracle, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Anytime you want to do that, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's powerful. <clears throat> Can yeah. you share some of that for you? A couple of years ago that Michelle was referring to. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things was we were doing an, a novena to Our Lady. And the, yeah, it was just a complete area of poverty in my life that I, I had been journeying with for a long time. And I just said, Lord, I, I need your help here. Like, I need Our Lady's intercession. And I just was sitting in our chapel in our tiny little convent where we live in South Texas. And I just had a distinct moment of Our Lady coming to my heart. And it was like she drew a line in the sand. Mm. She like, drew a line in the sand for me. And then she said, this will be no more. This will be no more. And there was a, I, it was something that I'd been praying about for years. Mm. And she just came just so unbidden. And I mean, in that regard, it was just so, I wasn't telling her what to do, but she just came like a mother and she drew a line in the sand of my heart and said, mm. this will be no more. And in my life, even though there's parts of my heart that are still tender in that place, yeah. it has never been the same again. And I know, like, it's like the gift of sobriety for me. When I stopped drinking, I know to this day, I can yes. tell you, that was a gift from God. Like, that mm -hmm. was another one that I couldn't conjure up the gift of sobriety. I tried to get sober. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And the Lord intervened in my life with the gift of sobriety that I'm so grateful for every day. And I, it's such a freeing thing of, like, I can easily proclaim God's love there because I, I had nothing to do with it. Like, mm -hmm. I just I disposed myself to receive the gift, but I didn't give it to myself, and I couldn't conjure it up. And so yes. we all have those miracles in our life that even they're small or big we're like that was a turning moment in my life like mm -hmm. it was a dividing moment you know mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have some yourself yeah. yeah the one that's coming I mean yeah there's a few but the one that's coming to mind for me um, was a prayer time that I had I've really been struggling which I've shared before over the course of a couple of years like anxiety and depression just gripped me in a yeah. way that I had never ever ever experienced before and as I went down into the roots of that you know and it was really revealed to me in prayer that the roots of that were this self-reliance that mm -hmm. had come from trauma in my life where I believed that God was you know smaller than the enemy that yes. the enemy was stronger that that evil was more powerful, that the darkness was more, yeah. it was bigger than the light. And, um, and that was like a pivotal lie that was like in my heart that changed like how I lived for mm -hmm. the next 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, really like under this fear. And like you talked about in a previous episode, hypervigilance, mm -hmm. because when the enemy is bigger in your mind, then, and you know that, and you feel like you're the only one who knows that, then you have to protect everybody. Yeah. So that was me. I was always watching for the evil that was lurking around the corner and it could come at any moment and I had experienced that myself so yeah. I was just like this is going to come again and that's when play stopped for me you and I are very similar in that uh -huh. way so I stopped playing when I was like 11 or 12 years old that was it I was like there's too many I, I need to be watchful and I mm. there's a seriousness and a, and a fear that gripped me like basically at all times it was just under the mm. surface and I remember entering into this deep time of prayer when I was together with some friends. It was with Pat Ott. Um, oh, she's yeah. so yeah, lovely. She's just beautiful. So I was sitting with her in prayer, and she she was just sort of asking like me to invite Jesus into some of these memories. Yeah. And when he came, I had this vision. It was just like in my mind, in my imagination, I could just see like there was this desolate land, and I had that vigilance of like there's evil coming, there's evil coming, and Jesus came in, and under his feet, instead of the desert, Desert, like grass came out under his oh. feet. And as he walked in, the grass just spread out like the further oh. that he walked and it spread out under me and a tree grew up. And all of a sudden I'm sitting on the branch of the tree and oh. looking at Jesus. And he's like, you can, you can play here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is my conversation yes. I'm having with the Lord. I'm like, no, I can't because there's evil that's coming and we need to be watchful. And like, why aren't you watching it? So yes. then I have to watch. It was like this whole dynamic that was going on. Yeah. And he just looked me deep in my eyes and he said, Heather, you can play here. 
it's okay. Mm. You don't have to live like this anymore. And, and the scripture that came was Psalm 18, where at the end of this, like crying out to God and God coming thundering down, it says, he set me free in the open and he mm. rescued oh, me because, because yes. he loves me. Mm. And that was this wide open field that was in this like vision in my mind, you know, where I was just set free, like yeah. to play and oh, to, and to be. So and so that, that mm. moment really changed everything. I mean, it changed my physical um, struggles that I had mm. with anxiety. Like they mm. quickly dispersed. And you just see like how some deep roots can be with you for so long. Mm -hmm. yes. And even though I suffered for so long, it wasn't instantaneous. But when the Lord comes and breakthrough comes, sometimes that part can be instantaneous. It does. Yes, it does. And that mark change yep. that you're like, this day, I was like, actually earlier this morning. Yeah. Like yes, this. it's true. It and is then, true. It is true. And then now I'm like this yep. and I'm living differently yep. now. And there's something that's been restored in my heart mm -hmm. that I could not do for myself. There is yes. nothing that I could do to change that mm -hmm. within myself. Only he could do it. And I think that this is Therese, you know, this is her story over mm -hmm. and over again. She knew there were certain things, many, many things in her life because she was so little, only God could do. Oh, absolutely. She's like, I'm just going to be little. Oh, I, I want to be a saint, but he's just going to make an elevator for me. Yeah. Like, so I'll just like, like be lifted <laughs> up because I can't do it, you know, yeah. but he'll just like do it. And yeah, yeah, there's this trust, like this simple trust. Yeah. And gosh, I need that in so many more oh, areas of yes, my life. I hear you. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I've had breakthrough here, but... Oh, I make things very complicated sometimes. I'm very serious about certain things, you sure. know. Like, yes, the Lord still has a lot to do here with me. But that that's the hope of, yeah, like, continuing okay. on the journey, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, like, this whole year has been an experience mm -hmm. of, like, just transformation and little things. But I realized a couple of weeks ago, it is like you said, but I realized all of a sudden that you don't think that there's any movement or any great movement. And all of a sudden, they're like this huge movement and yeah. shift in your heart, and you didn't realize. And when I was praying about it, it was like the Lord's like, you finally allow the roots to go where they're supposed to go, mm. and they're going deep and deep. But you don't see roots, you don't mm. see anything underneath. And all of a sudden, a flower bursts forth, and you're like, hey, when did yeah. that start blooming? And yeah. like you realize, oh my gosh, that it is within there. Like, but that it had gone deep and it had been cultivated and it had been hidden and it had been down, and that there was trust muscles, like I said before, that weren't there before, mm -hmm. but there was intimacy muscles there mm -hmm. um, in the relationship that weren't there before because I allowed him to come into these deep places yeah. and these little places, and it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. even Therese doing this, like, you know, like, she had to make a choice. Yes. You know, yeah. like she, she wasn't passive. No, no, she wasn't passive. Mm -hmm. And she didn't like um, numb her emotions. Mm -hmm. She put her emotions in right order. Yep. Like she didn't stop feeling. Yeah. She didn't. It wasn't like the, like we said earlier in the other series. It wasn't like press mm -hmm. through girl, press through like, yeah. you know, but it was Lord, you, you have more for me and let me accept your invitation to more. Amen. You know, that you are the more of miracles mm -hmm. and I'm going to take you up on that offer. Mm -hmm. So I think for each yeah, and every one good. of us, just praying through that, yeah. you know, um, and I love it even in the story that we read, she said, but this was no dream. Like you said, this is no fairy tale. <laughs> this, yeah. this is the yeah. God of miracles, and He wants to do miracles mm -hmm. within us. And maybe that's something that we could spend time this week doing is just asking the Lord to call to mind the places that it's happened to all of us. Yes. Because we've all had at least one time in our life where we have witnessed in our own journey something that we could not do for ourselves that God did for us. Yes. And those are our joyful mysteries. Those are our glorious mysteries. Mm -hmm. And they keep they keep bearing life in our life if we allow them, uh, you know, to—, to to do that and then to sing the Magnificat in that place of praise. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that's Amen. something we can do. Yeah. Amen. Well, my dear friends, shall we talk about our one things for the week? Hi there. 
Yes, yes, we, we shall. We shall. Are you going to sing for us? Thing. No, oh, boo. that's my one thing. My one thing is Heather Kim's going to sing us an opera. <laughs> but my one Surprise. thing is opera. music. Opera. Oh my gosh, I got some new skills Surprise. to learn. Um, so the album "Forever Amen" by Stephanie Gretzinger mm-hmm. has been on for many months, like in I my love house. It. Like it is a great album i always love stephanie gretzinger mm-hmm. but sometimes i'm like when she's you know in a big room mm-hmm. and there's lots of people there and i'm like whoa it's mm-hmm. a lot it's like a there's lot, a yeah. lot going on it can be kind of intense and because she's so free she's yes, way she more is. free than me mm-hmm. which it the that spirit of the lord is there's freedom that that's where yeah. stephanie lives yeah. makes me uncomfortable in yeah. a good way um but this album in particular is just slower. It's quieter. There's mm-hmm. something about, there's depth There's a here. contemplative to it, yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Matt Mars on one of the songs, which is just really oh, beautiful, beautiful, like some of the collaborations that they have. So that's a good one. Be in mm-hmm. the show notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, we talked about the Shri- National Shrine of St. Therese, which we're near right here. But oh my gosh. yes, we have, uh, I just, I'll keep the details confidential, but we, Bob, Dr. Bob and some of us on the staff at John Paul II Healing Center gave you a healing retreat for bishops. And so it was supposed to be held in Nashville. And then this random storm came and totally diverted our plans. And somebody on the team uh, called this retreat center at the Shrine of St. Therese. And they actually not only had rooms for us, there was nobody else in the entire retreat center. So we ended up having this. Yeah, we ended up having this healing retreat for bishops there. And the, the room we gave all the talks in was called the St. Therese Room. And it had pictures of St. Therese all around the room. And it was such a, every single person, all of us on the team, all the bishops that came, every single one of us had a distinct impression that Therese herself called us to her shrine, like to her heart, to to bless mm, us with her I goodness and her love. And so mm. it's, yeah, it's just such a special place. And I'm just thinking of that, like that's another miracle that Therese was like, nope, you're coming here <laughs> and I'm going to take care of, I'm going to take care of the bishops. Yeah. And it was just a, a, a week of tremendous grace. And so I just want to say thanks to St. Therese and for her bringing our hearts to Jesus. That was a mm. very special week. So, and we'll, we'll put uh, the information to the shrine on, on our show notes again, mm-hmm. like we did before, but it was just lovely. I would, if you're ever in Darien, Illinois, please come and check it out. Yeah, it's, like the, it's it's like the biggest one outside yes. of France, and yeah. apparently there's like a her written copy of Story of Soul oh, in there. I know, it's yeah. very lovely. Know. Yeah, my one thing is called Behold, and it is actually art, <coughs> Katie, that I met, and this is Behold Ministries, and this is on the Mystery of the Rosary, the oh, Luminous Mysteries, and it is so beautiful. But it is a is Visio Divina, not really. Yeah. Olive mm-hmm. Garden, Olive Garden, but it's beautiful, Divina, Divina. Uh-huh. but it's beautiful with. Mean? artwork and I absolutely love it but I love it because it is the mosaic artwork that is in the John Paul II shrine which in oh, which I love it and it's based on the luminous mysteries which is light and so I think this is such a perfect thing to yeah. do in this season of light. Mm-hmm. So and you meditate on the image. You meditate on the and image. And listen to what the Lord is saying to you. Yes. That oh, is that's stunning. Cool. It is so beautiful. And I, I love, love it because love it's artistic people. and beautiful. And she has one on each mystery of the rosary. And she has actually another one, uh, Faith Over Fear. Oh, and so awesome. it's so beautiful. And so I will link it in the show notes. Wow, that's such good stuff. Such good stuff. Um, Thank you for joining us this week, friends. And yeah, maybe this week, ask the Lord to call to your mind the places where he's performed Christmas miracles in your own life. And let's thank God for those places. And just thank God for the gift of people like St. Therese and all the ways that the Lord is calling us to live and the joy and childlike simplicity of his love. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. See you then. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? 
We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.